curious Vedant and welcome to my podcast. Today my guest is Brennan, who is the founding partner and strategist at Stranger, a branding and a web design studio from Boston, Massachusetts. Last week, we briefly spoke about company logos and branding. Because I love logos, this week, we will go a little deeper into the subject. Hi, Brennan. Welcome to my show. Hi, Viram. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm really excited. And I also really love logos. And I hear you know a lot about fonts. I do, yeah. I'm excited to talk about them. <laughs> what a strange name, Stranger. I'm curious to know why does your company have the name Stranger and what does it do? I'll start with what we do that'll help explain the name. We help companies with branding uh, and I'll get into what that means. And then we also help them with their websites. And so for branding, that means um, a big part of it is logo design, like what you've talked about already. Um, but it's also a lot more. It's, it's basically how a company is perceived by anyone who's encountering the company for the first time or really at any point. Um, so it includes your logo, but it's also the type of font that you use, the colors that you use, um, how you talk about yourself. Um, it helps people decide how to feel about your company. The name Stranger is because, well, a couple reasons. Um, the main thing is that when a company is encountering another, or when someone's encountering a company for the first time, um, they are like a stranger. And just like when you meet a stranger, you have to form a first impression pretty quickly. Um, and that's what we help companies do, is we help them form first impressions for anyone new who's coming to meet them. Um, the other reason is that Stranger is kind of something we wanted a name that you could talk about um, and Stranger kind of fit that persona of you can say, oh, you know, you can talk about Stranger like it's a person. Oh, that's Stranger, the company Stranger. Um, how is Stranger doing? Um, it's also fun to say, hey, Stranger. <laughs> Interesting name. I, I really like the way you came up with um, the name of your company, Stranger. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit more about branding? Yeah, of course. So the main components that people usually think about when they first think about branding is a logo, um, the font or fonts, and the colors. Um, there's also a lot more that goes into it. So there's the kind of words that you use, um, how you talk about yourself, um, who you talk to and where you want people to find you. So some companies purposefully don't, you know, operate that much on the internet. They only want people to find them in person. Um, whereas more and more companies operate um, a lot or sometimes even only on the internet. Um, so that's a huge part about branding as well. Uh, and a really big part of it is that there's no, there's no universally good brand. There's no brand that's like good just because. It's always good because it meets a requirement of the, of the business. 
So for example, a brand that is good for one company might not be good for another. Um, Apple's brand is great for Apple, but it might not be good for BMW or for Lego or something like that. Um, they need very different brands because they're different kinds of companies. So that's really important also. It's figuring out what kind of company you have so that you can figure out what kind of brand makes sense. Does a company use the same font for everything? Like Google uses sans serif. Do they only use that same exact font? Yeah, um, sometimes it depends. Um, so usually no. Usually companies will have, um, I don't know, at least two fonts. Really big companies will have anywhere from, you know, three to 10 fonts. Uh, but usually they are similar styles uh, and there's only really small differences. Uh, a lot of the times regular people don't even tell the difference. Um, it's all very subtle. But if you're looking for the different fonts, you can see uh, where the differences are. Um, smaller companies or companies that are just getting started, a lot of the time we'll just start with one or two fonts because it makes it really easy and you don't need you know, a big team to figure out when do we use which font. And then as they get bigger and more and more people are you know, looking at them and, and they have maybe um, more time to spend on choosing fonts, um, maybe they'll pick an extra one or two and incorporate it in. I'm really, really interested in fonts. Can you tell me your favorite fonts? Mine are like sans serif. If you've heard of this font, Eras ITC, that's also one of my favorites. Like both of those are my favorite fonts. Even Cooper Black. Uh, Eras ITC. Oh, that's nice. Um, couple favorites. Um, so most fonts fall into two categories. There's either sans serif or serif. And sans serif usually just means it's very clean, like there's no big edges or anything. It's, it's a lot of straight lines. And serif is more traditional. So like most books are printed with serif fonts. Um, and it's got little, there's little like edges on the fonts that make it sometimes easier to read. Uh, one of my favorite fonts is called Work Sans and it's a sans serif font. And uh, I use it with my company quite a bit. Uh, I've used it with a couple clients. Um, it's really nice because it, it looks good when it's you know big and sitting by itself, but it also looks good if it's just small and used as, you know, you could write a book with it and it would look really nice. What are your favorite logos? And can you choose some interesting stories of a few very famous logos? So I have a couple favorites and maybe I can tell some stories about them. Um, something interesting about logos is that, again, just like brands, it depends on what the company is for what makes a good logo. And some logos are very simple and those are some of the best. Um, a great example is Nike, for example, their logo is just a little mark. It looks almost like a check mark. It's, they call it the swoosh. And that's really a really great logo because Nike is such a big brand and is on so much, so many things that they need something really simple that can adapt. Um, it can be on a website, it can be on a t-shirt, 
Um, it can be just on the, you know, the bottom of a page and you don't even need the words next to it. And you know, almost everyone now knows what that logo represents. It's also unique. No one else had created anything like that before. So you're never going to see something else and get it confused. And it's also an interesting logo because it's meant to convey, convey movement. So the logo looks like it's moving forward. And since they're a, a running an athletic company, that's really important. But a lot of companies have cool logos that have double meanings. And I feel like that's what a lot of people these days look for in logos is they want a logo that's clever. So it looks nice, but then if you look a little bit closer, it actually says something. Um, so there's a couple of good examples. Um, there's an athletic brand called Under Armour and their logo looks like a little... H. Yeah, it looks like an H almost. But if you look really closely, it's actually a, it's like a U and an upside down U. And the, and the upside down U crosses over the normal U to make a U and a capital A, which stands for Under Armour. So that's really cool. What are some of your favorite logos? Oh, so my top three favorite logos are Apple, Lego, and Microsoft. And why do you like them? The Apple logo, because it's super simple. Like, it's just an apple with a bite. It's super duper simple. That's why I like it. And the Lego logo, there's so many color colors to it. Like, it has some meaning in like Latin or some language, I don't remember. It means like something, I think, I put together. So it means something just like you said. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so I think Lego is a great example of like a logo that makes sense for the company because they're a toy company. But imagine that kind of logo for, um, like imagine if Apple was using that kind of logo and it just said Apple instead of Lego, it wouldn't make as much sense. But because it's Lego, it's a toy company, it makes a lot of sense and it's actually really nice. Uh, and so that's a really important point. And just like, you know, the same way the other way around, if Lego had a very simple logo like Apple, it might not make as much sense because they're trying, you know, they want to be, um, they want kids to like them. And um, the colors and the playfulness of Lego is a lot more appealing to kids. Yeah, My, I like Microsoft a lot. You know, what's interesting is that Microsoft and Google are big competitors. And if you can ever compare their logos side by side, you'll notice that the colors are very, very similar. Yeah. Uh, like almost the same. You know yeah. what also has a similar logo? eBay. eBay used to have a very similar logo to Google. Was it just a big E? No, it was. Um, so if you have the full logo of Google, it's just written out in um, different colors. And if you ever look up, maybe after you know this podcast, you can look up the eBay logo and the Google logo, and you'll see how similar they look. It's actually kind of funny. <laughs> All right. If you want, you can start telling the stories. So I can tell a story maybe about a famous logo, and then maybe I can tell, talk about a story um, about a logo that I've worked on. Ooh. Um, that would be very interesting. There, so there's a couple interesting ones. There's some interesting stories about logos and um, what they mean. So for example, FedEx, um, 
they just decided they wanted, and they're a shipping company, they, you know, get people's packages to them. And they just decided, we just want a very simple logo. We just want our name written out and that's it. And while the logo designer was working on that, he actually found out that if he pushed the words really close together, the space in between the E and the X and FedEx um, would make a little arrow in between it and the white space um, in the empty space. And an arrow symbolizes, you know, movement and going from one point to another. So he brought it back to them and they said, oh, well, you know, this looks pretty good, but, you know, why did you choose to make it, you know, so close together? And then he showed them the little arrow in between and they said, oh, we love it. Because they like that it had the little hidden meaning in it. Amazon has something similar where, you know, Amazon, they have a little arrow on the bottom and it looks almost like a smiley face with the words pointing from A to Z because they say that they get deliveries from A to Z. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have everything from A to Z. So a story from a logo that I worked on, um, there's this one company called Neighbor Schools and they were a company, they are, they still work. Um, They're a company that helps parents find teachers for their kids. For their kids when they're too young to go to school, they help find teachers where um, kids can get dropped off and go learn in the person's house. So they wanted something, but their business also And so they wanted something that was very clean and professional, but also at the same time was playful and, um, you know, communicated to people that they, they work with kids and they wanted a house in their logo and they wanted shapes. And so we had a lot of fun making that logo. Um, and we went through a bunch of different versions of it. Um, we went through like, I don't know, 10 or 15 different versions of the house logo. And we tried some things that weren't a house. Um, but they really wanted a house in it. Um, and there's a lot of details in there. Um, and we ended up with, um, I can, you know, I can send you a link to it afterwards, but we ended up with a house that's kind of deconstructed. It's made out of very simple shapes. It's made out of, you know, a couple little squares and a circle and a triangle and a rectangle. Um, it's it's deconstructed in such a way that it, it looks like it's moving a little bit also. Um, only a little bit. It looks like it could be moving. It really looks like everything is apart, like the windows, the door. Yeah, it looks really fun. I like it. Yeah, um, and that was nice because they can use that logo by itself and people will start to, so they can use it with the word neighbor schools next to it, but they can also take away the word neighbor schools. Um, and use it by itself and people will know what it means. What did companies do before websites were introduced? Oh man, that's an old question. Um, they did a few things. It's hard for me to say because all, all my life companies have had websites, but when I was younger, it used to be a lot harder for companies to make websites. And so only big ones had websites. Most companies didn't really use the internet that much for telling people about themselves um, or for, for selling things. They mostly used um, like print advertisements. So 
billboards, um, ads on, you know, subways and trains. Um, they buy space in magazines and have ads in magazines. Um, they call people to tell them about, you know, if they're selling something, uh, and, you know, a lot of companies still do that, but with websites, it's like now you have one place where people can learn about your company. It's like you have one big advertisement for your company and then you just need to get people to the website. So it makes things a lot easier. And a big problem with the way things used to be is that let's say you have a company and you sell socks and so you print a bunch of advertisements that say, Hey, we're the sock company. We sell socks. Um, and let's say after, you know, eight or nine months, you decide, oh, we're going to start selling gloves too. In order for everyone to know that you now sell gloves, you basically have to redo all the advertising. Now you've got to, you know, go out and you have to reprint advertisements and say, hey, now we sell gloves too and we still sell socks. Um, and you basically have to redo everything you already did. Whereas now you just change your website. And so all the work that you're doing of getting people to come to your website, that all stays the same. And the only big difference is now that you tell people on your website, hey, we sell gloves too. And so it makes it a lot easier for companies to move faster um, and to uh, introduce new things. Why do companies need websites to advertise, but what else do they use it for? Yeah. Um, not every company needs a website. There's a lot of really great companies that don't have websites. Um, they're usually, you know, they're almost always small, but um, I don't want people to think that if you're going to have a company, you need a website because that's not true. Um, you could start like Ladon right now, if you decided that you wanted to start making bracelets and selling them, you don't need a website to sell, you know, your bracelets. Um, you can start calling your friends and ask if anyone wants to a bracelet and, you know, wants to pay you $2 for one. And after you sell a couple, now you've got a company. Uh, and a lot of people do that on a larger scale. A lot of people will sell their things. Like I have a friend who just started a company and uh, she sells clothes on Instagram and she doesn't have a website and she probably won't make a website. Um, similarly, I had a friend who had a company where um, he started on Facebook uh, selling like accessories for phones. And then he moved his products onto Amazon and he did all that before they even had a website. Uh, so that being said, a website is really helpful. Um, the main thing it's helpful for is marketing. So like I said, just telling people about your company and that's, you know, most websites is that's the main thing that they do is they just, tell people about the company and give people an option if they want to do more. They say, here's our company. And if you want to buy from us or if you want to talk to us and hire us, um, here's an email address or a form that you can fill out. Um, but there are a lot of other things you can do with websites. Um, so you can sell products right on your website. Um, you could collect information from people you can like what I just said was that you can give information to people. Um, a lot of people have games or quizzes or even services directly on their website. Uh, a lot of people have started posting like digital magazines. Um, so it's almost like books or content you would, you know, read 
on websites. So it's all really interesting. Um, and pretty much every year things are getting, you know, not even every year, every couple of months, um, things are getting more and more interesting as more and more capabilities arise with how pe what people can do on websites. So it's constantly changing and that's pretty fun. What made you choose to be a website and logo designer? As a child, what did you want to be? Yeah. Um, what made me choose? I kind of fell into it. Um, I studied finance at my university and I used to work in finance and uh, I didn't love it. Um, and so I knew, I think, I thought that I wanted to do something different. And then I met some people who were logo and website designers and I started spending time with them and started asking questions and they started teaching me how it works. And pretty soon, you know, I had taken on projects with friends where I was just kind of following along and just helping out with things here and there. And that really quickly progressed until I was, you know, doing projects myself and leading them. Um, so I kind of fell into it, but I really enjoyed the work because um, it's creative and it's fun and you get to solve problems and work with people. Uh, and it's really nice that I can, I get some flexibility in that, um, you know, a lot of jobs, you kind of have to be doing the same thing all day or uh, kind of like sitting in one spot and, and doing things. Whereas this is, uh, there's a lot more, you know, every day looks very different. Um, sometimes I'm talking with clients and asking what I can help with and we're talking about problems and how we can solve them. Other times I'm working on websites all day and, you know, writing some code or doing, you know, design stuff. Um, and other days I'm, I'm looking for, for new clients. So it's, so it's all really fun. Uh, as a kid, I didn't have a clear idea of what I wanted to do. Um, I, you know, I never was really sure. I always thought that maybe one day I wanted to own my own company. Um, at one point I thought maybe I wanted to be a firefighter. What are your hobbies? I play a lot of chess. I travel a fair amount. Um, not the past couple of months because of, uh, you know, the pandemic, but before that I was traveling quite a bit. Um, I like to try new food whenever I can. New food is always fun. Even I enjoy having new food. Yeah, you gotta. It's, it's one of the greatest pleasures in life, trying, trying new food and new tastes. Thank you. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed speaking to you. Me too. Thank you for all the wonderful questions. Welcome. Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedant, to get updates on my upcoming episodes, to listen at leisure on your phone, and get notified about future episodes. Subscribe by searching for Curious Vedant wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show on vedan.buspra.com. Thank you for listening to Curious Vedan. Don't forget to rate, 
and leave comments. 